2: They host games in Baltimore. Good luck. You know what time it is, Joe Mix?
3: Turtles, Hot, hot. There's that speed. Mitchell to the end zone.
4: Touchdown, Lamar. Bringing them past to the ass today. Into the end zone. Touchdown. Completes a Flowers. Touchdown,
5: Ravens. No, we gonna win that bowl. We need that bowl. One game at a time. Woo hoo hoo. Yeah. Yeah! Woo!
0: What a way to start week 11. Ravens and Bengals in prime time that could set the stone, s- the stone. It could set, it <laughs> stone absolutely set a stone. For the AFC North stretch. I hope there's no stones involved. That's Swagoo giving the wave. Dan's already making fun of me. We've got RC here. Adam Schefter going to join us throughout the hour. Reviving. We're going to get you ready for this matchup. We'll pick the game later. We're evenly split on picks, by the way. So wait and find out who everybody's taking. But first, we check in at the Domino's pregame headquarters. Jeremy Fowler gets us ready for tonight's huge AFC North matchup and Jeremy some big names will not be out there for both teams what do we need to know there yeah
6: Laura both teams are beat up as they're trying to get right coming off of ugly losses starting with this graphic here on the Cincinnati side Sam Hubbard out with an ankle, T Higgins out with a hamstring. That latter is significant because I taught to some Cincinnati players who said our offense has simply not been up to our expectations. Everybody had to look in the mirror this week and center Ted Karras told me, we probably have to put up 30 points or more to get this done in Baltimore. And on the Ravens' side, Ronnie Stanley, he's out. Marlon Humphrey, star cornerback, he's out with a cap issue. And that latter one plays big for Cincinnati because they believe they can get some matchups with Jamar Chase. Mixing and matching. Now, Baltimore's trying to make do with what they have at cornerback. They have a young player, Brandon Stevens, a starter they really like. But some veterans like Rocky Sin, Ronald Darby, will be on the other side of the field and will probably see Chase at some points in the game. So the Ravens are hoping that they have enough bodies to throw at that star receiver to make it work.
0: Yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense. Thanks to Jeremy for the latest there. And Joe Burrow has struggled against man coverage this season as he's averaged only 5.2 yards per pass attempt. That's the fifth worst in the NFL. That could be an issue against a Ravens defense that has been excellent when playing man coverage, allowing the fewest yards per attempt in the league. It's a great matchup, and the Ravens win over the Bengals back in week two. Baltimore played man coverage on 74% of dropbacks, the highest rate the Burrow has faced in his career. So, Marcus, as you look at this side of the matchup, okay, what concerns you about that Bengals offense?
5: For me, it's the interior of this offensive line. They've been giving up pressure at a high rate. Actually, they have the worst pass block win rate in the NFL. And it kept showing up on film as we start seeing these interior presses happening. We remember Sheldon Rankin. This was a three-set game from him, but it's also games that people are forcing these guards to have to move and and move their eyes and find Penetrating defensive lineman And again, you see right here another situation where the interior pressure from the San Francisco 49ers gets Joe off the spot and we know early in the season he had a calf injury So that may play into it, but he's healthy now and they are still giving up so much pressure I hate to make it feel like I'm singling out guys on this Buffalo on this Cincinnati Bengals offensive line but they are a, a real issue and I think if the Baltimore Ravens stay aggressive, especially with the way Justin Matabike is playing, the three technique for them and Pierce on the interior and running games with Owe. and And obviously you bring in all of the things that Mike McDonald brings to the party as the defense coordinator. This could be a real issue for Cincinnati if they want to put up 30, like Jeremy mentioned in his in his uh, open.
7: Marcus, just watching that tape quickly, uh, that that's incumbent upon them trying to hit some trap runs where they're pulling people and try to get those D-linemen upfield. You know, it has to happen on pass or rundowns. Uh, First of all, to win tonight, Cincinnati, 12 to 15 targets to Jamar Chase. Minimum. If you want to win, he has to get the ball 12 to 15 times thrown to him. I think tonight is paramount. Cincinnati's offense, you got to be great on first down. If we watch this football team throughout the season, when they struggle on first down and get into those third and obvious situations to Marcus's point that's when some of these interior issues show up look at who they are versus wins and losses splits. I mean it's a completely different football team when they're good on first downs because mainly they go first down second down, first down. They don't even get the third down that often and if they do it's so much more of a easier executing third down situation. Not only that, but also how Baltimore plays defense. We talked last week at Nauseam about their simulated pressures. If Cincinnati's going to face a lot of these third downs and lets Baltimore play to their strength, that's a disadvantage for them. they got to be really good on first down tonight.
2: Well, that starts with the other Joe. We focus so much on what Joe Burrow can do for this team and how great he is in the pass game, also manipulating the pocket. But Joe Mixon was a huge part of the Super Bowl run or the run to get to the Super Bowl and everything since. When you look back at the San Francisco 49ers game, when they made a consistent effort to run the football, Joe Mixon was extremely successful. That's what you need to do against the Baltimore Ravens. Take a look at the Cleveland Browns and the way that they were able to have success in the run game. Now, this puts Joe Burrow in front of the sticks. The Cincinnati offense in favorable positions and also using Jamar Chase as more than just the guy to go deep. The way they get him the football in the backfield, quick screens, using the RPO, yeah. counting the numbers on the outside, knowing if he would have a one-on-one. Get the football out of Joe Burrow's hands quickly. Get the ball into Joe Mixon's hands, and I believe that gives you the favorable third downs you'll be looking for so you aren't facing those multiple Mike McDonald blitz packages.
0: Yeah, hey, RC, in six career games against the Ravens, including the playoffs, Jamar Chase has averaged 96 receiving yards per game. We're going to talk about Lamar Jackson later on in the show. You don't want to miss that. The thing that RC hates that could be a part of his game. Also, guys, we're inside 100 hours to the Super Bowl rematch between the Eagles and Chiefs on Monday Night Football right here on ESPN and ABC. Sal Palantonio with the Eagles all week leading up to Monday Night Football. And Sal, we're going to go to you here, getting ready for round two for these two teams. And how are the Eagles approaching it? Go ahead.
4: Laura, around here preparing for the rematch of Super Bowl 57 is a pretty daunting task, both forensically and psychologically. Nick Sirianni said he has gone over and over the tape of that game to try to figure out what went wrong and what the coaching staff and the players can do better against Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs on Monday night. But there are some players, like starting left tackle Jordan Mailata, who said they never even looked at the game and they don't plan to. Mailata said he's taking it very personally. Here's the coach's reaction to that.
7: It's mentally challenging, and you have to be mentally tough to get up for the, every game the same every single, every single week. You look for any ways to, to find motivation. If you can use that, then go ahead. If, if it's distraction, then leave it aside.
8: How much of a resource is the Super Bowl in this practice?
7: No matter what game you're playing, you always are going to go back and look at the film. Of the last time you played that that coach. That tape has been uh, helpful, you know, to be able to look at it. It's just part of
3: our preparations.
4: Laura, one thing that is definitely different in this game is the play of the Kansas City Chiefs' defense. Steve Spagnuolo's defense is holding opponents to 15.9 points per game allowed. That's the second best in the National Football League. and much better than the defense the Eagles faced in Super Bowl 57. Laura?
0: Thank you, Sal, and how about this? During Patrick Mahomes' first five seasons as the Chiefs' starting quarterback, it was the offense that led the team to five straight AFC Championship games as Kansas City averaged over 30 points per game, by far the most in the NFL. However, that script has flipped this year as the Chiefs defense has held their opponents to 15.9 points per game, which is tied for the second fewest in the NFL, while Mahomes and the Chiefs offense ranks 13th in scoring. We'll be all over this game in the lead up, and we're just getting started here on NFL Live with Deshaun Watson out for the season. Are the Browns Super Bowl hopes over? Well, one player thinks winning it all with a backup is entirely within reach. Do our guys agree? We'll get into it. Plus, Flock Nation hosts the Bengals in Baltimore tonight. Here, why RC says he hates Eats Lamar Jackson as a pocket passer. It's not what you think. We'll explain no. coming up later on NFL Live.
9: Pre Game HQ is brought to you by Domino's. Earn free food after just two orders with new Domino's rewards. It's easier than ever to earn free pizza, stuffed cheesy bread, lava cakes, and more. Sign up to start earning today.
10: Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
0: NFL Live is brought to you by Disney's Dashing Through the Snow. Streaming November 17th only on Disney+. Surprising news this morning is Deshaun Watson is out for the season with a broken bone in his shoulder.
6: That's when I found out from the doctors that it was something worse than what we thought it was.
0: They need this defense
8: to carry it into the postseason the way other great defenses have done. This
6: defense
2: is the reason why we think the Browns are contenders, even when Deshaun Watson was in there.
1: This team, as we've all seen, looked fight like crazy. I felt like we were turning a corner, and I just wanted to be physically a part of it.
0: Breaking news yesterday is Deshaun Watson is officially out for the season. So linebacker Anthony Walker Jr. talked about the Eagles winning a Super Bowl with a backup quarterback a few years back.
5: Well, yeah. Well, you got the D.C. that was on that Philly team, and the starting safety on our team um, now, Rob McCloud. Uh, they're both on that. They were both on that team, um, and you got to play good defense, man. Which is what we want to do every week, anyway. Um, and just and just it breeds it breeds encouragement, and you know, just the the feeling that we got your back, you know, as the offense goes and as the you know quarterback situation plays itself out. But um, like I said, man, crazier things have happened, right?
0: Okay, uh, RC, if they're going to make an Eagles-like run, what does Cleveland need to do?
2: First off, Nick Foles went absolutely crazy in that Super Bowl against the New England Patriots. But first off, you got to find a way to use DTR's legs and make sure that he's the sort of guy that uses his athleticism over trying to make him this pocket passer who can see the entire field and process. And also, they got to stop the run. You need to find a way to say, you know what, you're going to have to see this pass rush. You're going to have to attack the Denzel Wards, the Emerson Juniors, the Grant Pits on our back end because. With teams getting a bad position on third down, there is no better coordinator in the game right now than Jim Swartz, who has no better chess pieces than Miles Garrett
0: and the crew. Justin Jefferson is inching closer to a return in Minnesota. He was asked today who would make the final decision on his status this week.
2: Well, I'm the main person that's going to make the decision at the end of the day. You know, I'm the person that's going out there running, I'm the person that's going out there and uh, putting my body on the line to, to, you know, win games and. Uh, do things for this organization so uh, I I know how I feel I know you know how my hamstring is feeling Uh, so of course we're going to you know weigh in on all of the different opinions and uh, what everyone has to say but at the end of the day I'm the one that's going out there and uh, putting my body on the line
0: Marcus does Jefferson slot right back into this offense when healthy
5: well when he comes back um, maybe still a week away maybe back this week but I think it'll be a little of an adjustment. This is an athletic quarterback and Josh Dobbs that he's playing with. It could be two things, but it, it could benefit him with the extension of plays and giving him more time to uncover. He's one of the best route runners in the league or if him and Josh Dobbs build that timing that him and Kirk Cousins had when, when they were slicing up defenses. It could be a beautiful thing. It's advantageous in both. I just want to see if there's an adjustment that has to be made when Josh Dobbs doesn't get that first read or doesn't have that first read to Justin Jefferson. Is he taking off the pass or is he taking off the run?
0: Yeah, Adam, what do you know about Justin Jefferson as we get to our top stories here?
8: Laura, my sense is that Justin Jefferson will not be back this week. We'll see whether or not he can make it back. Ultimately, as he said, the decision belongs to him. But next week, the Vikings play on Monday night, which would give him an extra day of rest. And then the week after, they have a bye week. So if he doesn't play this or next week, he would get extra added time for that hamstring to heal. But it would surprise me personally if he played Sunday night against the Denver Broncos in Denver. As for the other stories today, Devon Achan limited practice again, but he is tracking to be able to return from that knee injury. This is the date that the Dolphins had scheduled on their roster all along that he will be able to be playing against The Las Vegas Raiders, again, limited to practice with that knee injury. We'll see whether he can fully make it back, but the sense is he could be available on Sunday. And the same is true of the Giants running back, Saquon Barkley, despite the fact that he's been limited in practice in each of the last two days due to an ankle injury that he suffered at the end of the game against the Dallas Cowboys, continuing what has been a very frustrating season for Saquon Barkley as he has battled ankle injuries all year long. My sense is he should be out there again on Sunday. Don't know that he's at full strength, and this giant season has deteriorated quickly. And there's the notable injuries for tonight. We know T. Higgins and Sam Hubbard are out. Ronnie Stanley's out. Marlon Humphrey not expected to play. So both teams a little shorthanded on a short week for a big AFC North battle
0: that's going to factor in big tonight thanks to Adam for the latest there more from you coming time now for a draftkings sportsbook same game parlay and for that we go to Dan as you see Thursday night football getting ready to go there at M&T bank stadium Dan let's start with joe burrow okay over under 254 and a half pass yards tonight
7: i'm going under this ravens defense gives up like a buck 75 through the air per game now They haven't played anybody as good as Joe Burrow when he's healthy, so I do think he gets more than that, but I'm going to go under.
0: All right, let's go to Lamar. How much will he be used on the ground? Over, under 44.5 rush yards for the Ravens quarterback.
7: If Ronnie Stanley was playing, I would have said under, but I'm going over because Ronnie Hmm. Stanley's not playing. Mainly, I would imagine that Cincinnati's going to be able to create some form of pressure, and that's going to force Lamar to leave the pocket just a couple times more than he actually wants to when he gets that as an over.
0: All right, so Odell Beckham Jr. has gone for at least 40 yards in three of his last four games. Over under 26 and a half receiving yards for OBJ tonight.
7: I'm going to say over, and I mm. expect it to be because this young secondary in Cincinnati, while playing better, is probably going to play some man coverage. And Odell's really started to excel at some of the short to intermediate routes, like the slant route that he was notorious with. Early in his career in New York, he's not taken for 80 yarders, but he's taken them for 12 to 15 yarders. I'm going to say over.
0: All right, let me back up your pick there. Over the last four games, the Bengals have allowed 312 passing yards per game. That's the most in the NFL during that span. So oh, oh, make yourself some maybe money, bro. You're Laura. smart. All right, still to come. Travis Kelsey is going to talk with Alex Smith ahead of Monday night's Super Bowl rematch. And someone here has doubts about Kelsey shredding this defense. You'll be surprised to hear why. We'll be right back.
9: Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $150 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no sweat same game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code NFL Live when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours.
3: Do you struggle to set your fantasy lineup every week? Do you have trouble executing trades or finding great players on the waiver wire? If so, you may be suffering from a lack of artificial intelligence. Try playing ESPN Fantasy Football, which includes AI generated insights from AI models built with Watson X to help fantasy team managers set winning lineups. Raise your game with AI generated insights built with IBM Watson X in the ESPN Fantasy app.
2: Night Magic, instant classic, Super Bowl sequel, had to re-match it, run that back, each hike dramatic, quarterback option, might rush a passing, Eagles at Chiefs, lacing up your cleats, repeated defeat, got the fans on their feet, hey, you gotta love it. This-
0: That'll get you going. Uh, natural transition here from Snoop to Jeff Darlington as he's with the Chiefs all time right, in front of Monday night. Totally. Super Bowl rematch. Jeff, lots of changes offensively in Kansas City from that Super Bowl team, but what did Patrick Mahomes have to say today about how they've grown as a unit?
11: Yeah, look, Laura, the wide receivers have obviously been a big talking point here in Kansas City really throughout the season. And I, I'm going to give you, I'm not a big stat-driven guy, but I'm going to give you a stat right now because I think it's so important. Six different games this year, Patrick Mahomes has thrown completions to 10 different pass catchers. Never before has a quarterback had that many games where he used 10 different pass catchers, and we still have eight games left in the season. It kind of shows you what Mahomes is having to do to spread the ball around. He talked about it today, just in regards to making sure that they continue to improve on their balance as a wide receiving group.
4: I've always felt like throughout the season, uh, the chemistry gets better and better. Obviously, everybody wants everybody, the receivers to blow up and everything like that, but I think guys have gotten better as the season's gone on, and um, they'll continue to get better, and um, we're making strides in the right direction, and I think uh, we'll keep keep doing that as the season goes and hopefully carry that momentum into the playoffs.
11: I know we all know the reliance that Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs have on Travis Kelsey, but I did also talk to Patrick Mahomes separately about just whether it's sustainable to continue to kind of distribute the ball as he's doing. And he said going into the season, they sort of knew that that was the blueprint for this Chiefs offense. This isn't a big surprise. It's not something where they're making wholesale changes as they go through the season. Quite frankly, Mahomes still believes in this group. He thinks they're getting better, something that Andy Reid
0: echoed. And I, for one, am not one to doubt Patrick Mahomes uh, in the least. That's a good way to be there, Jeff. Uh, I, I liked your yeah, stat, so. too, even for being not a stats-driven guy. Here's the thing. They still have Travis Kelsey. Not a big stat <laughs> I know. It was really good. They do still have Travis Kelsey. Uh, it's been a whirlwind year for him, from winning the Super Bowl to his relationship with Taylor Swift to now the rematch with his brother. He sat down recently with his first NFL quarterback, our Alex Smith. Look, guys, the numbers are great. Everybody sees it coming. You know who they're going to, and it still works. How do they make that happen, Alex?
12: Defense coordinators can't stop Travis Kelsey.
4: And a great over-the-shoulder catch by Kelsey. Let's go, man. That's just to get it started, baby. And it's caught by Kelsey.
12: Only guy you yeah. got to stop. And how is it that every week he's got 10, 12, 14 catches? All right now. Nah. This oh, is free.
1: How you doing, bro? Oh, great to see you, brother.
12: We came in the same year. I got traded here Dude. in 2013, and we drafted you that year. Do you remember your first touchdown catch? Of course. Why shallow, baby. Dude, you, I, you do didn't remember, me. are you All kidding right. me? Side is caught by
5: Kelsey, crossing patterns. He dies for the near front pylon! Touchdown!
12: What I remember specifically is not so much the catch, it was the
1: celebration. The, the dance. The money.
12: The money dance.
9: dance. Ooh, ooh, ooh.
12: I don't think I'd ever seen a tight end dance.
1: I think I might have, uh, brought a little bit more uh, juice to the, the position than it initially had, for sure.
4: It's
12: crazy, like, to think about where you are, man. Like, hosting SNL. You got the number one podcast in the country. You got paparazzi, bro, following you.
1: I couldn't help but notice that you had a special guest watching the game. Shout out to Taylor for, uh, for pulling up you have moments where you like look around, like, how did I get Oh, 1,000%. A few doors open for winning my second Super Bowl against my brother and all the magic that happened with the podcast last year. And it's been, uh, it's been a roller coaster of, a, of just a fun ride. I love that you brought up Jason. I know you guys are incredibly
12: close. You guys seem to have gotten even closer with the podcast.
1: How have you guys grown? It's been such a unique experience I could have never even expected to be able to do the podcast. Everybody kind of looks at us like we're two completely different people, and we wanted to show our unique brotherhood. The crazy part is, is that I would never be playing this damn game if it wasn't for you. Stop. Um, no, nah, it is. Would. It's the truth, man.
12: Certainly to take the field again since the Super Bowl mm-hmm.
1: yeah. against Jason. What's that opportunity like mean to you? You know, I've always wanted to be on the field with my brother and I've had to just come and accept that it's not going to be teaming up with him. It's just going to be we're battling like we did every single night playing cards or every single night playing video games. And I just cherish every single time I get the opportunity to, man.
0: Going to be fun to see those two on Monday night right here on ESPN. Hey, Kelsey has been held to 72 receiving yards over his last two games combined, but he'll have an opportunity to bounce back against an Eagles defense that has struggled to defend tight ends this season. When opposing quarterbacks target a tight end, Philly has allowed a 98 QBR. That's the worst in the NFL. They also rank in the bottom five in completion percentage and yards per attempt. So Travis Kelsey might be looking at his chops. And Marcus, how should Philly go about covering Travis on Monday?
5: Yeah, you have to take care of the middle of the field. I think I think about when Dallas played them and that was kind of when Ferguson had his coming out game. If y'all remember that fellas with the Dallas Cowboys and Dak and that connection that they had. So obviously, it's a lot of attention paid to Travis Kelsey more than Ferguson, but someone has to step up on the outside. Like I know that we just came off the report with Jeff talking about how he spread the football around and that's great. You want to be multiple. You want to have multiple guys. But you also want to have a go-to guy outside of when Travis Kelsey is being covered. But you gotta try to attack the middle of the field against Philly. That's where they've been vulnerable. But I think more than anything, you gotta try to identify a guy on the outside that can consistently win, that Patrick put Mahomes can build that trust with and become even a more potent offense.
2: Is Travis Kelsey really still that scary though? is he really good absolutely Mm -hmm. can he eat you up and catch a ton of footballs work the zone uncover be patrick mahomes security blanket whenever he needs him absolutely but is travis kelsey the guy right now that you think about creating those explosive plays on every single down i don't think that's who he is anymore and so for me it's about stopping him on the crucial downs stopping him in situational football third down red zone two minute Those are the times where I double team him. Those are the time where I shade someone to him, a time where I have somebody at the line of scrimmage bumping Travis Kelsey and making him work to get into his route other than that if I'm the Philadelphia Eagles I want to be who I can I want to be who I am on first down on second down in order to be able to put pressure on Patrick Mahomes stop the run of Isaiah Pacheco and then also on those big downs make somebody else beat you because as of now Kansas City hasn't shown that they have somebody that consistently can't
7: yeah I think what you're saying RC is like if you watch an early downs like first and second down teams are playing that too high safety shell coverage and they're saying Travis, you're not going to run down the field to us. And then they're saying, yep, we'll get you to those third down situations. What happens in those is Mm -hmm. you either get him hit at the line of scrimmage and double teamed or I've seen triple teams on Travis and everybody else gets challenged to then go beat the defense. That's where the lack is showing up. And I think, you know, when we were in Germany with them, the overwhelming message between Patrick, Andy Reid, and Matt Nagy was – they were still trying to figure out like the guy's roles, not who was going to be but what way they were going to do and I think you know as you watch them play it's well Rasheed Rice has got to be the ball now guy it, 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 I don't expect Rasheed Rice to be the down the field separator right it's can we get him the football and just allow him to make plays Noah Gray the tight end I want to see on the field more with the play action stuff sky more straight lines because he is fast MVS some of those chunks the same with Justin Watson Darius Tony's become for me like a touch guy so I think that'll be interesting uh, coming off of the bye week is have they like defined those roles that those guys can excel in more than,
2: hey, you've got to be the number two. D.O., but that's the problem, right? Let's think of this in basketball terms, terms. And I know Marcus loves basketball terms. You ain't never seen no championship team with five role players on the court at one time. At some point, no, no. somebody has to come out and kids. be a dude. At some point, <laughs> somebody so has to go out and win. What is the counterpunch? If I know Rasheed Rice is the touch now guy, Stop it from touching it now. If I know Kadarius Toney is the trick play guy, is the guy that, do, that does a certain thing. You want the ball in his hands for yards after the catch. Stop that. Justin Watson, sure. you're going to stretch the field. Okay, we can shade a guy to you. You need to have somebody that when you punch him, that they have a counterpunch to that. That's what made Tyreek Hill so good. Oh, you're going to shade him over the top? We're going to throw a freaking hitch, and he's going for 80. Yeah. Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, you have to find a guy outside of Travis Kelce that can just win all the time. And they don't have that right now. And that's why finding those roles is very difficult.
5: And RC, that that is the point uh, that you just made because we all have seen this offense operate at a very high level and they've always had somebody that we felt like opposite outside of Travis. We remember last year, I always go back to this this offense was struggling early in the season last mm-hmm. year mm-hmm. until they started to find Juju and he became that guy where you can yep. go to on some of those third downs that you're talking about with Travis Kelsey on critical downs. Also, like, I, y'all know I love to talk about the run game, but this may be the first time in NFL Live history where I'm saying Patrick Mahomes needs to identify somebody that he trusts. And Dio, I don't know if it, D.O. and R.C., I don't know if it's so much about this receiver that we waiting on to become such a great player. Right now, the problem with the Kansas City Chiefs to me is, Pat doesn't know who to trust mm, outside yeah. of Travis Kelsey, which may be the biggest issue with this offense.
0: Yeah, and if you guys at home are like, well, this is much ado about nothing, there's still the Chiefs, whatever. This stuck out to me. The Chiefs have been held under 300 yards in each of their last two games. The first time they've done that in consecutive games since 2016, Patrick Mahomes was in his final season at Texas Tech then. Yeah, that's This true. hasn't happened in a long time. Coming up, we all know about Philly's unstoppable play, okay? But Dan tells us the one thing that Eagles offense struggles to do more than anyone else you don't want to miss it we'll be right back on ESPN
10: this podcast is proud to be supported by Jets pizza the number one pick in Detroit style pizza why it's simple Jets is better with the thickest crispiest cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country there's no competition
0: You're with us on NFL Live. Let's see what's on trend around the NFL. We'll show you a stat, and then we'll tell you if it continues this week. We start with the Dolphins. Running back Devon Achan is expected to return this week after missing the previous four games due to a knee injury. When Achan has been on the field, Miami's offense has averaged nearly 10 yards per play. They've been much better on third down as well, converting 55% of the time. So, Marcus, do you expect the Dolphins' offense to pick right up where they left off prior to Achan's injury?
5: I do, Boogie, and the pressure that he puts on linebackers out of the backfield with his speed is why you create so many big plays. He gets the edge of defenses really fast, as you see here against the Buffalo Bills. And it also gives you more multiplicity. And we've talked so much about Tua with that first read and having to bring the ball down. Well, when he has a chain to check the ball down to, He's in open field, and that's a problem for linebackers and even safeties with his speed and the big play ability that he can create by having the ball in his hands. I do expect him to get back on track.
0: Next up and on-trend, Kansas City, where a significant factor in the success of the Chiefs' defense has been their use of blitzes by defensive backs. The Chiefs blitz a defensive back at the third-highest rate in the NFL. They've been excellent when doing so, allowing the fewest yards per attempt in the league Jalen Hurts, by the way, has struggled against DB blitzes, posting the fourth-worst completion percentage in the NFL. Dan, do you expect this trend to continue Monday night? I
7: absolutely do, Laura, because Steve Spagnuolo, who's the defensive coordinator of Chiefs, He's really one of the best defensive coordinators in the game when it comes to designing all these defensive back pressures, the disguise at the line of scrimmage. You're trying to figure out exactly who's coming, who might be a dropper, what's the coverage going to be on the back end. And if we think about Philadelphia's offense and how good Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown Brown are, that matters the most. So right now what you're going to get is what we call a will Corner cat. This is the will linebacker. He's going to be a blitzer. This corner is going to be a blitzer. And then you're going to get George Karloftis, who's this defensive end, as a dropper. Now you're sitting here as a quarterback going, okay, what's the coverage going to be as the ball gets snapped? Where are the droppers going to come from? And the coverage going to end up being.
2: Yeah, and the best part is this, too, Dan. Watch as the safety slide to still give you that two-deep sort of shell. You have the one safety that goes to the right where Jalen Watson leaves as the blitzer, and now you're going to have the other safety slide, so it keeps the cap in the top on the defense. Also, let's look at George Kolathis and the way that he drops through the curl as the flat flat receiver is going out. It takes away Tua Tungvaloa's first read Mm. right away, and that Will cat blitz can now get free. And, R.C., when you're talking about that drop by George Karloftis, what I pay attention
7: to is two things. Tua already he's getting hit by that corner who's pressuring, so there's a misdiagnosis by that offense. And then, again, I think of Philadelphia's offense and some of those inbreakers that are notorious to A.J. Brown. Yes. The inside leverage from that trailing defender – protects that inside throw so there's that will corner cat now we'll go later into the game another crucial situation this is when they always show up now you're going to get the nickel that is going to fire off this edge and then Karloftis again is going to be a dropper me offensively I, I look at something and if you're paying attention to a ton of film you can get a tell here because this defensive end has his hands in the ground Karloftis is standing up so that could be an indicator for me as an offense hey one guy down one guy standing up he could
2: be that dropper Dan here's the the other thing as well. Here's the other thing as well. Let's think about both of these clips. Who the dropper the dropper became in both clips? It was George Kolatos. I think that's big part of it is probably due to Tua Tagovailoa's throwing hand, right where mm. you where you can be coming into the face of Tua Tagovailoa from the left side. But the other piece of this, George has turned into an extremely good dropper, and so you may want to point him out as you're finding the mic as well. And again, what you're seeing here is so often
7: pressures are one safety in the middle of the field and we get one-on-one coverage yep. as an offense on the outside, so we feel good about it. Both of these clips the Chiefs are going to have two safeties that middle field open defense. So RC I got pressure that I got to deal with but you still got seven guys in his own coverage.
2: Exactly. That's what's great about this, Dan. Dan, you did such a good job of explaining what simulated pressures were. And one of the points we made was you have to be a great pressure team as well. On the first clip, they brought the wheel and the corner. In this clip, they're only bringing four. But it's that simulated pressure, having George Colapis walked up into the line of scrimmage that makes you slide your protection away from Trent McDuffie, expecting five to come, only four come. So now you're sound in the rush with the guy one-on-one with the tackle and you have seven on the back end. This is perfect for third and long. This is why run defense on first down will be so big for the Kansas City Chiefs. He's exactly
7: right. If they can win early downs and they can dial up these middle field open cover 88 pressures, advantage Kansas City.
4: But
0: fall, the matchup is a Super Bowl 57 rematch between Jalen Hurts and the Eagles and Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. It's at 8 Eastern on ABC, ESPN, and ESPN Deportes. Set your alarms now. Don't miss this one. Peyton and Eli once again on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Plus. And coverage will start right here on NFL Live as we come your way live from Kansas City. We'll be there Monday at 4 Eastern. Can't wait. Hey, still ahead today, a lot's been made of Lamar Jackson running Todd Munkin's new Ravens offense. But our guys tell the OC exactly what to do to earn his stripes against the Bengals tonight in Baltimore. We'll be right back. JMU where the football team is in the midst of an undefeated season stick around for a live performance from the Jonas Brothers coverage starts at 9 Eastern right here on ESPN of course you do Joe Bros Sunday NFL countdown crew has you covered for week 11 at 10 a.m. Eastern and the Monday night countdown crew gets you set for Eagles Chiefs with a two-hour pregame show starting at 6 Eastern both on ESPN and the app Back to tonight where week 11 begins in Baltimore between the Bengals and the Baltimore Ravens. Of course, a real battle there for the division. Both teams coming off losses and both saying that they've got a whole lot to play for tonight as they want to win this whole division. Time to check back in at the Domino's pregame headquarters with Adam Schefter. And Adam, there are some major names on the injury report tonight. What do we need to know?
8: Big names out tonight, Laura, for both teams. The Cincinnati Bengals will be without... Their standout wide receiver, T. Higgins, who's been ruled out due to the hamstring injury. Sam Hubbard out due to an ankle injury. The Ravens will be without their left tackle, Ronnie Stanley, due to a knee injury. And Marlon Humphrey, doubtful, not expected to play tonight due to a calf injury. Those are big issues for both teams. And the Bengals right now are fighting to revive their playoff hopes. They're sitting there with a 5-4 and four record. And take a look at how the results of tonight's game could impact their chances of making the playoffs. Clearly at 5-4, and four, currently at last place in the AFC North, they need to find a way to win on the road and avoid a two-game losing streak. Not the way you want to head into a 10-day break. We'll see if the Bengals can avoid that. Joe Burrow usually has responded to challenges, but so is Lamar Jackson, the Ravens, both teams coming up a loss tonight.
0: Yeah, in so many ways, this is a dream quarterback matchup with the guys on either side. Should be a great one in prime time, thanks to Adam. And for the Bengals to pull off the win on the road, they're going to need to do a better job defending the run than they have so far this season. Cincinnati's defense has allowed five yards per rush. That's second worst in the NFL. Could be a problem, right, against the Ravens, who have averaged nearly 155 rushing yards per game, which leads the league. This is something to watch out for tonight and certainly a matchup to keep our eyes on. Swag, you think this is a run-first game for Baltimore tonight?
5: Him? <laughs> oh, hell yeah! Duh. RC. Water wet? RC knows this too. RC knows this too. Once you start seeing those numbers like 31st in the league and last in the league, you start pointing fingers and being Ooh. like, "Who messing up? Who not in a gap? Who's not being responsible for us mm-hmm. getting this run stop?" And I think a lot of that right now for the Cincinnati Bengals is their issue. They are giving up the edges on the run game and in the center of the pocket like no one else right now. And it's weird because teams are attacking the edges because DJ Reader is a phenomenal run defender by himself. But if you go back to the Houston Texans game, everything was off tackle. Everything was up on safeties before anybody touched the running back. Now you bring in Mitchell, who has become a bolt of lightning for the Ravens with his speed. And we know Gus Edwards who with his big physical run style. The Cincinnati Bengals' run defense has their absolute hands full tonight. And this Sam Hubbard injury, y'all, I'm telling mm. you, it may be one of the biggest in the NFL. Not from only defending the run and rushing the passer, but they use him to create blitz looks. And I think Lou Anarumo may be a little limited by not having him on the field as well.
2: Well, they better stop the run. I mean, mean, they better um, hope the run can't be stopped by the (laughs) Cincinnati Bengals if you're the Baltimore Ravens. Because here is why. When Lamar Jackson gets in those third down situations and they just drop him back and tell him to sit in the middle of the pocket, bad things happen. It's actually like being outside of your house after midnight. We saw the Cleveland Browns be able to get to Lamar Jackson. They were able to force fumbles. He wasn't as dynamic in the pass game yeah. when you just sit him in the middle of the pocket. It's where he's most vulnerable And this team. Let's get into the half rolls that we see early on in the game. Let's get into the movement, the RPOs, getting him out outside of the pocket and changing the launch points. Because when they sit in there like a little sitting duck, it's when you take away what Lamar Jackson has that no one else in the world has. The thing that makes him most dangerous, and that's his legs, his ability to have that option. And so if I'm Todd Munkin, I have to make an adjustment based on what I've seen this year from Lamar Jackson in the pocket.
7: Well, bro, uh... Should not be surprising that my high school curfew was like nine, and then Dan, what's the
0: latest you've been outside of your house? Like
7: college, since then? it was like ten. So I didn't get it wasn't myself. in a not nothing to do where you anyway.
5: all was done um, by least ten. Least
7: shocking thing ever. It
0: wasn't nothing
5: to do where you live.
7: <laughs> R.C., let me let me present this to you. I, I think a huge part of tonight is how Cincy handles some of the bunch concept stuff that Baltimore can't present, and I think you're saying you want to see more of it. So. This is that under center bunch to the left those three guys condensed with each other and this is Lamar Jackson going to go bootleg with a little bit of a whip route, a corner and then the crosser from Rashad Bateman ball fake you get Lamar out on the edge He peeks at number one Zay Flowers doesn't like it. Look how good he snaps his eyes back and then this throw on the run is perfectly out in front Rashad Bateman. I think RC wants to see more of that Cincinnati good luck defending it bunch to the right again now this time shotgun back to that same side that's four strong. But this is play action with a little bit of a half roll for Lamar. He peaks the backside pylon route which is going to the front pylon in the end zone. And then the crosser or big in route to Zay Flowers. Beautiful throw. And now we motion to that bunch again back to that same side four strong. This is the traditional zone read reading the defensive end. He collapses on Gus Edwards and then Lamar's off to the outside. So I think it's huge for Cincinnati to handle. Because that formation is one formation, but it's presenting a multitude of plays. And it sounds like RC wants to see more of it early. And I think Cincinnati's got to challenge themselves to stop it.
0: Yeah, I mean, Marcus, obviously Lamar on the move is a nightmare for any defensive player. But specifically the D-line, what challenge does it present when you start seeing him getting going like that?
5: It's it's freaking devastating because the worst thing you can have, especially as an athletic quarterback, is a two-way goal, and it creates that space, and it also slows you down because your rush angles are in shambles when you move him off the pocket. It creates so much separation between your defensive line, too. Y'all always know I talk about continuity as a defensive line when you're rushing. It doesn't exist when Lamar Jackson moves.
0: All right, so uh, the Bengals, three-and-a-half-point underdogs on the road tonight. Let's pick it. Marcus, you go first.
5: I'm going to take the Ravens, man. Uh, I'm going to believe what football has told me for a long time, and that's if you can't stop the run, you have major problems, and it takes miracles to win games. I expect the Ravens to try to exploit that with the Bengals tonight.
2: Yeah, I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens as well. I think for a lot of the reasons that Marcus said, but I also believe they played so well defensively against Joe Burrow since acquiring Mike McDonald, and that continues even without Marlon Humphrey tonight. I'm going against
7: my job and betting on my feelings and picking the Bengals because it feels like a must win. It only happens if Jamar Chase gets Mm -hmm. at least 12 targets.
0: Oh, Dan, went with a feelings pick. He, uh, he should. Hey, even though Ryan is wearing the <laughs> Bengals colors, and he should be picking the Bengals as a result, I am. I am going to pick the Bengals, too. I just feel like Joe Burrow's got something to prove in this one. They're going to win it, and they're going to take some control in that AFC North. We'll see you tomorrow on NFL Live.